Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. is the year-over-year number, 8.3%. If you strip out the core, it is 6.3%. Again, coming in hotter than expected and hotter than a lot of economists and a lot of people on this panel thought it was going to come in, to be clear here. Again, the expectation, 8.1%, 8.3% was the headline number. Uh, 0.1% is the month-to-month -month number. We were looking for that to fall, to be clear, everybody, to fall. It came in at 0.1%, and then the core coming in at 0.6%. All of these are hotter than expected, everybody. That's one way to put it. That's the way Fox Business put it when the inflation came in, 0.1% up beating all the expectations when they thought it was going to go down. And if you say to me, well, that's Fox. That's Fox. They're, they're always going to try and make it look bad uh, for Biden. Okay. How about a little Joe Scarborough on uh, on the MSNBC there talking to uh, uh, Mr. Ross Sorkin? Number crossed. I was like, wait a second. Gas prices are way down. Yep. Interest rates are up. Like, I know it slowed a little bit, but this seems, like, still hot. Really, it's a hot number. Uh, and, obviously, the markets agree. I mean, uh, futures down about 2%, right? Uh, Joe, if you are the White House this morning, if you're the Federal Reserve this morning, if you're an American this morning, these are not good numbers at all. No. You are looking at the stock market down uh, over 500 points on the Dow right now. So we are looking at uh, a little under a little over rather uh, 2 percent down. And what's so interesting is you just said it. You know, everybody goes to the gas pump. You see the signs and those signs were for inflation. I mean, that was actually a billboard for inflation for a very long time. But those prices are now down about 26 percent. But there's almost a silent inflation going on, or at least one that's not as visible to folks, which is to say that what we actually saw was that inflation has continued or at least persisted, uh, if you will. In large part, we're seeing it somewhat in food, but you're definitely seeing it in health care and you're seeing it in shelter. Yes, you are. This is not good stuff. And how has the Dow reacted? I mean, it's been down 800 points. It crossed the 900-point uh, threshold of sell-off. Every time they told you that everything was fine and things are looking good, they lied or they're dumb. And I'll let you decide. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. How's everything going? Eight, well, based on the inflation, not well. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. I had a chance to uh, speak with Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I, I will uh, share that with you, um, that conversation about what he thinks is happening and what we think it means uh, for the future. It isn't the only thing going on, but it is huge. It is a massive, massive mover when you see this kind of sell-off. And most importantly, think about everything that they have been telling us about how things are. Things are fine. Things are good. Things are this. Things are that. How dare you question? Biden's policies are working. This was Joe Biden. He's the president of the United States, in case you didn't know. This was Joe Biden. Was, was this two days ago? I think this was two days ago 
talking about gas prices. We're seeing hopeful signs of progress on inflation as well. The price of gas, when we said not what I was doing wouldn't make any difference, and guess what? It's down $1.30 since the start of the summer and continues to go down. Inflation eased in July. I said last spring that our top economic priority was to bring down inflation without giving up on all the gains American workers made last year. But there's more to do, a lot more to do. Is that right? There's more to do. The gains are gone. Wages have not kept up. And as we break down this report, the sinking of gas prices has very little to do with with Biden. And it wasn't enough to overcome food, housing, and medical. Holy cow. Now, there are two other stories worthy of our attention, and they're going to get really put under the radar. The first is, is this story about a Twitter whistleblower. And how these social media platforms are absolutely misleading people. They are absolutely places of solely and exclusively woke culture. They're not interested in free speech. And people are coming out of the the, the woodwork. Uh, this guy's name is Peter Zatko, Z-A-T-K-O. And this was him speaking in front of of the Senate, I believe it was, uh, I think it was just today. I'm here today because Twitter leadership is misleading the public, lawmakers, regulators, and even its own board of directors. What I discovered when I joined Twitter was that this enormously influential company was over a decade behind industry security standards. The company's cybersecurity failures make it vulnerable to exploitation, causing real harm to real people. And when an influential media platform can be compromised by teenagers, thieves, and spies, and the company repeatedly creates security problems on their own, this is a big deal for all of us. He, if if I have his story uh, accurate, he was a hacker by, I guess you could say by trade, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Being a hacker, I think it gets a bad rap, but if you're talking about people who will test your systems and test for vulnerabilities, well, that's that's important. You You need people like this. He very often goes by the nickname of Mudge, M-U-D-G-E. So he states, as a former executive over at Twitter, that the, um, that the company has engaged in a series of security missteps. And they've misled the Twitter board, the shareholders, and the public about exactly how bad things are. How much information can be let loose. That we aren't safe in these places, and more and more you realize that everything they have not told us about, the number of bots on Twitter, the amount of fake accounts, you know every bit of that is true. Every bit of it is true. You can't trust anything on on Twitter if your holy dang life depended on it.
Who could trust the stuff? The less I do with Twitter, the better off I am, and I would say for you as well. Uh, uh, same thing I believe is true of, of Facebook. And me, TonyCats.Locals.com. Uh, Facebook is now, there's still some live video that goes there, but it's a place where I say, hey, come to, to Locals, and we're doing this. Uh, like, for example, the chat room is open right now at, at, at Locals. TonyCats.Locals.com. You come and listen to the show and, and, and chat along with it. They've proven themselves to be untrustworthy. They are untrustworthy. And it's important that we note that when uh, you, you hear something on Twitter or someone says, oh, look at what they're saying on Twitter, who knows if they're actually saying any of it. What this guy is saying is that nothing even on the back end is to be trusted. This will affect how we interact. Because these changes that might come, might come, could be very helpful. Then again, we're going to see, because if you want these social media platforms to exist only to move your message, right? Only, Only to be a part of your message, well then. Well, then you like it as is. You don't want to change anything. And all these whistleblowers can't be trusted. Who can ever trust a whistleblower? Unless, of course, it's their whistleblower. So while that story happens... There's another story. That's the story of the U.S. Navy. The U.S. Navy is rolling back an order punishing Navy SEALs who did not get vaccinated. So there's something called Trident Order Number 12, as reported by Fox News, disqualifying SEALs who were seeking a religious exemption from the COVID vaccine from training, traveling for deployment, and conducting other standard business. It was issued in September of 2021, so a year ago, by the Vice Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral William Lesher. All the Special Warfare Forces were expected to come into compliance with the vaccine mandate by mid-October 2021. So the order specifically said that SEALs or Special Operations Designated Personnel refusing to receive recommended vaccines based solely on personal or religious beliefs will still be medically disqualified. So the SEALs were designated as non-deployable if they submitted a religious accommodations request. So in the early uh, parts of 2022, the Fifth Circuit said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's put that on hold, a preliminary injunction. But according to a filing in a new lawsuit, the Navy actually rolled back the order or tried an order number 12 on May 22nd, 2022, which means for the past five months, the Navy has said, oh, you're not vaccinated. Get out there and do your job for your country, sailor. That's what they said. NSWC closeout to Trident Order Number 12, mandatory vaccination for COVID-19. This from the NSWC, that's the Naval Special Warfare Command. This order rescinds reference A, and reference A is Trident Order Number 12. How fascinating that they thought they could force everybody, not everybody would go along, so they're like, you know what? Let's roll this back. Let's not do this. Feel sorry for the people who got vaccinated because of work. 
A reminder, uh, by the way, that any CEO that forced employees to get vaccinated, uh, you will always be guilty. You will always be guilty of abusing your employees. Always. Don't ever think there will ever be a moment where this was a good decision or a sound decision or a valuable decision or a decent one. Never, ever, ever put your head to the pillow thinking you saved lives. You did not. You threatened people because you had power over them. You might as well have asked them to have sex under the desk. What was what? Honestly, tell me the difference. Do this or you're fired. What's the difference? The difference is maybe after the sex, you could take a shower and try and forget about it. But the vaccine is with you for forever. Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon? How else do you describe how awful and obscene it is to force somebody to get a vaccine, to bend them to your will, to put their livelihoods on hold via threat? Don't ever go to bed. Don't ever put your head on the pillow and think for a moment that you did the right thing here. Not at all. An obscenity. So we have a bunch of things going on in America right now, but the inflation, don't get me wrong, is, is going to take the top line. We're, we're going to break it down 12 different ways uh, from Sunday. But the more you learn about social media, the more you learn how untrustworthy and how absolutely partisan it is. And, you know, some SEALs may have gotten the vaccine, and I hope they did it of their own volition. I have no problem, by the way, if you did. doesn't bother me. I don't think you're a bad person. Of course not. Why would I think such a thing? I think people could do what they want. If you didn't get the vaccine, I don't think you're a bad person. I don't think you're a good person or a bad person based on your vaccine status. I think that's the best way to put that. I know some people want to say that uh, about you, but those people are awful. They are. Of course they're awful. Everybody knows that they're awful. They're awful. They're dreadful. They're miserable, miserable, sad people. It's what they are. But those who got forced felt that they didn't have a choice, feel for them. Absolutely do. The Navy learning uh, that maybe what they should do is just have those who are prepared to stand the post kill the enemy. Maybe that's a little more important than anything else. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Donald Trump was in Washington, D.C., and that could only mean one thing. Wait, hold on. He was golfing? He wasn't being indicted. Uh, Donald Trump was in Washington, D.C., and that could only mean two things. (laughs) Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Yeah, Uh, that that was the word. Oh, my gosh, Trump, he's in in D.C. He clearly... Clearly, is is uh, being uh, being indicted. That's 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 why he's there. That's that's what's going on. N- no, 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 and no. He was golfing, claiming he was doing some other work as well. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe it had something to do with all of the investigations.
Maybe it had to do with some real estate deal. Maybe it had to do with a book. I I can't tell you. Well, look, there, there's, there's a photo of boxes coming off the plane. Uh, that photo, according to multiple sources, is uh, two years old. People will run with anything, quite literally anything, any chance they get, they're going to take it and they're going to as far as they can go. Just because you see something reported does not make it real. It's important that we note that, that just because they they put it out there on social media, it doesn't make it fact. Just because CNN reports it doesn't make it fact. Toyota is getting, of course, into the electric vehicle market. You know, they're in the hybrid market. But they don't go full electric. Of course, you've seen General Motors make this claim, Volvo and others. And according to reporting, they're coming under scrutiny by environmentalist groups. See, it's not enough to have some electric vehicles or hybrids. You have to go fully electric, otherwise you're the enemy. But going all electric is a bad idea. It's a bad, bad, bad idea. The Sierra Club says a hybrid is not green technology. The Prius hybrid runs on pollution-emitting combustion engine found in any gas-powered car. Yes, and it works. And when people are in line for their electric chargers uh, and aren't able to get from point A to point B, the environmentalist will be very happy. But then again, the environmentalist is a miserable person who wants to put an end to Western civilization. So if the Sierra Club and Greenpeace are unhappy with Toyota, get yourself a Toyota! I don't know. What would I like? What would I like? Like like the old Land Cruiser. I could do that. The giant, the giant SUV, the Sequoia. You know what? I drive a Hummer. I drive an H3. I will trade it in right now. Who's got a deal on a Sequoia? Oh yeah. By the way, love the Sequoia. Thing is, the thing is a tank. I also, I admit, I love my H3. Oh, do I love my H3? It's so good. Not the electric one. I, I, old school. It's the five-cylinder, not the V8. It's great. I love it. But you're not going all in on electric, so therefore you're the enemy. This is how the environmentalist works. You have to stand up to them and tell them that they're awful. That's what you have to do because they are awful. We're going to need gas-powered cars in the future. Let California suffer. I'm Tony Katz. If I were to listen to the people of the Wall Street Journal, I would be told that inflation is cooling off. Guys, if we listen to the Wall Street Journal, everything is cool and good and wonderful and joyous. But these inflation numbers, they don't show cooling off. Sure, we're at 8.3% year over year as opposed to 8.5%. The month before that was 9.1%. I guess that's a reason to cheer. But when you look into the numbers and you see that inflation did indeed increase last month with everything working against it you realize that our problems are legit and while some people talk about cooling off the dow responded by in when it opened dropping well over 800
100 points. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.Locals.com. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And I text you this morning, like, can you talk about this? And you're like, oh, I can talk about this. This inflation report says that energy prices are down. Even with those gas prices down, and Joe Biden has been talking about it and cheering it, they've been crowing about it, but inflation still goes up 0.1%. You, you don't usually get that worked up about 0.1%. What does this tell you? Well, what it tells me, Tony, is, again, there's false information coming from the White House because remove, remove energy and food. Core inflation, Tony, core inflation doubled. It doubled last month. It doubled. That's... 100% more. So this is why the market crashed this morning, Tony, is because you got to remove energy. And Biden had nothing to do with the energy prices being down. It's the Saudis increasing production. It's the recession that we're in. And it's Russia. Like I, we talked about this, Tony, in March. I predicted six months from now, Russian oil will be back at 100%. And it is because they're selling to the Chinese. They're selling to the in, India. The oil problem is, is solved. We don't have a shortage anymore. But the, the oil shortage being solved, uh, we also have a uh, note that you, you have uh, o- OPEC saying that they are only going to be, uh, they're, they're going to be reducing production 100,000 barrels a day. But this now, this now brings us to the, to the place of if oil is doing so well, if gas is doing uh, so well in that price drop, we've dropped every single day. We're at 370 a, a gallon on average, which is still a buck and a half over where where we were. We've got oil prices at 87 on the West Texas and 92 on the Brent crude. What made everything move up? Well, Tony, everything moving up. What, what happened? Let me let me correct one thing here. The Saudis have said, and OPEC has said, they're going to decrease production. But this morning, Bloomberg reported that the actual output from, from Saudi Arabia was over 11 million barrels a day, which is the highest level in two years, and it's on pace to be 12 million barrels a day, which will be the highest level in four years. We went over there begging with our hat in our hand to ask them to increase production, and they did. They're saying we're not going to. But, Tony, I can't hear what they're saying because their actions are so loud. Uh, explain what that means. Well, they, they said, OPEC said they're going to cut production. You just say, said that. But Bloomberg reported this morning that, in fact, their production is over 11 million barrels a day. It's the highest it's been in two years, and it's still going to exceed 12 million barrels a day very soon. So the Saudis have increased production. That is why oil prices are dropping. It has nothing to do with what this administration is doing other than they're begging Saudi to increase production, and they're doing it. So I shouldn't listen to this idea that they're going to cut 100,000 barrels a day, even though they said it, because their actions are different than what their statement was. Yes. What OPEC is doing is OPEC said that they were going to cut production because they're concerned about prices falling. They want prices to be up. But we went over there begging. Biden went begging for increased production. And that's actually what they're doing. What they're saying and what they're doing are two different things because their production, was, as reported this morning, is 11 million barrels a day, which is the highest level it's been in two years. And they're projected to go up to 12 million barrels a day. That was just reported this morning. So what they say and what they do aren't the same thing. Shocker. The Saudis are lying. So now we take a look at what causes inflation to go up and we take a look at the things in, in that core that, that, that aren't uh, energy. 
And we take a look at food and we take a look at housing and we take a look at medical care and all of those seem to be up in very, very large measure. Yes. In fact, but let's not leave energy just yet. Gas, Tony, the gas that heats your home for this coming winter is up 33%, Tony, 33%. That's because of the lack of production. Gas is domestically produced. And since Biden has reduced domestic production, Gas is a byproduct of oil production. And since we have less oil, we have less gas, but we have higher demand for gas because we're shipping it all to Europe. And so 33% increase in the price of gas. Thank you, President Biden. So it's funny that, that um, the, the Wall Street Journal, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, they had started with inflation cooling and then changed the headline to say U.S. inflation remained high in August. Consumer prices, excluding food, energy, rose sharply, showing broad price pressures strengthened. They changed their headline in the span of an hour and a half. Were they, did they not read the report in full before doing the story? No, Tony, what, what, this is what the media does. The first thing the media does is read the, read the top line, listen to what the White House says, and report it. But then when they saw the market crashing, they saw futures going down, they read into the details and said, Oh, crap. Other than energy, this thing's really bad. And they fixed it. So I'll give them credit for fixing it, but they need to be careful about responding too quickly to to wrong information. The things that I was talking about that are higher, food and housing and and medical, uh, how much higher were these numbers that even with the sliding of gas prices and as you're discussing the production of, of, of oil, how much higher were these numbers? Well, let's take medical care, for example. It's true that for 12 months, and you know, Tony, I don't like this. The last 12 months, it's 5.6%. That's true. I like to multiply last month by 12. And last month's medical cost is up 9.6%. It doubled last month, Tony. August doubled July. That's bad news. Shelter, which is your housing, increased 40% from July to August. A 40% increase, Tony. That's bad news also. Every, Tony, across the board, it's going through the roof here, and it's not easy enough. And why? It's why, Tony. I don't know if you want to talk about why, but there's reasons. Well, I do want to talk uh, about why, but let's first start with, as an economist, right? You you deal with actual uh, policy and, and real-world re- results. The White House has been just crowing about lower gas prices, lower gas prices, lower gas prices. That means everything. Everything is now better because of lower gas prices. But that clearly isn't the answer. It's something we've been discussing that I I, I don't mind lower gas prices, but there's a reason people stop traveling as much. Supply and demand is very real. When you see the increase in, in the housing side, is this just supply chain pressure? Or as you get into the why, is there something else we're not looking at that we should be? No, we have been looking at it, Tony, you and I. It's a recession. It's a recession. There are three things that cause the price of energy to go down. There is the Saudis producing more. There's a recession. During a recession, you demand less energy. So you're right. The supply and demand scenario is in play, and you said it perfectly, but it's because the demand is low. And Russia, we said this six months ago. It would take them about six months. They found a route. Tony, if you, if you pour a glass of water into a bucket of water, you can't re where that is. That's oil. 
They just had to redirect where they were selling their oil. They're selling it now to India and China. They weren't selling it to India or China before. So the energy problem is solved, and it had nothing to do with Biden. In fact, it's solved because Russia solved it for him. Is that a shocker? Russia solved Biden's energy problem. But they they haven't solved uh, an, an inflation problem. They haven't solved what it is costing us, that supply chain issue that we've talked about. Uh, you uh, spent some time in California a couple months ago continuing to see ships off the coast of Long Beach, the port of Long Beach, and the port uh, of Los Angeles. It is very clear that for all of the big talk from uh, the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, and uh, that speech from President Biden that they're going to open up the ports 24-7, it hasn't done anything to actually relieve the pressure. In fact, it's worse than that, Tony. Not only have they not relieved this pressure, it's not working 24-7. I saw it with my own eyes. What happened two months ago is all the shipping companies relocated their ships. So we have the same backup, but it's not in Long Beach. The same backup, it's almost at a record level. It's just distributed among all the other ports of the country. So it's not better. This administration can say, look, Long Beach is less, it's half. It is half because they're all waiting off other shores now. When we take a look at the markets, because uh, it, it, there, there's always a magnificent gulf between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street. They're not playing in the same real world but you see this sell-off of over 800 points what why the sell-off why the what is the reaction saying to the markets and to people like yourself well i don't think the market is ever wrong tony i mean i could say yeah they're probably overreacting and i've seen some commentators this morning on the business channel saying yeah they're overreacting but but i don't know that that's true I think the market tends to be usually correct but there's reasons why they're why they're seeing this the data is in. So they put the headlines aside, they put the public relations aside, and the data says core inflation doubled. They see the, the I call it the build back dumber plan. They see that the thing is dumping a lot of cash into the economy. They see the Inflation Creation Act, and they say, oh my gosh, inflation is real, and here's some more data to show it's real. So when they see the data, they forget the PR spin, and the market goes down. But when they sell, there's. I guess my question is, they're they're selling specific stocks, right? Is is it a sell off, or is it is it uh, people just saying, well, it's no longer worth that because I have to conserve more more cash? I want to know about how that reaction works. Someone is an investor, a hedge fund guy on Wall Street, or an individual investor. They see that inflation is much higher than they thought it would be, and they see the, through the report where the real issues are. They make a move. What is that specific move, and to what purpose? Well, okay, first of all, all 30 of the Dow started off down when the market opened this morning. So everybody was down, and the reason it was down is because I, this is very nerdy, Tony, so you got to slap me if I get too nerdy. I love the, the nerdy. Price, nerdy is, my, is, is good <laughs> stuff. The, the price of a share of stock is a function of two variables the numerator, which is cash profits, and the denominator, which is interest rates. Well, the, the forecasted inflation is causing the denominator to go up. It's just math. So when, when you have higher expected inflation, the denominator goes up and the price drops. It's just math. This thing goes up, and the thing on the left side goes down. It's that simple. And so the market was shocked with how bad the report was this morning. So the price dropped. So now we talk about the future. 
We can't use a crystal ball. I know you hate crystal balls. Talking to Dr. Matt Well, economist, University of Indianapolis. We've discussed that this is the story into 2023. We've discussed the fact that on the computer chips, there are companies, uh, never mind just Intel, Nintendo, and others talking about 2024, especially when you talk about the, the auto industry. And the auto industry is up while the used car market is down 0.1%. Uh, is w- the maneuvering that we're seeing with the market, the future casting that the market is doing, what is that telling the rest of us? And will the administration start recognizing that putting more money into things, whether it be uh, student loan bailouts, whether it be the Inflation Reduction Act, which you called the Inflation Creation Act, I caught that, you're a very funny man, Um does anybody learn the lesson or are we in for even more pain? Well, okay. No, they don't learn the lesson because Tony, they're not interested in learning the lesson because they're political scientists. They're not economists. And that's the problem here. We have the build back. I call it the build back dumber program. We dump, uh, you know, trillions of dollars into the economy. We put $280 billion into the pockets of semiconductor manufacturers. Tony, This is a seller's market. They control the price of semiconductors. They're running this industry. And we just gave them $280 billion out of year of the taxpayer's pocket. So no, they're not learning their lesson because they're trying to buy an election. They're throwing money at you for student loans. They're throwing money at corporate welfare for semiconductors. They're spending money on Build Back Better. They have the infrastructure plan. You know, Senator Joe Manchin, thank you. Thank you for tipping the scales and causing this disaster we're now living in. Uh, you you have any thoughts on how this works itself out or when? Oh my gosh, Tony! You know what? I don't know. We'll we'll wait to see what happens. You know, the market. We'll wait to see what happens in in the election because the market likes divided government. The market doesn't like Republicans or Democrats. They like divided government because nothing gets done. But when one party's in total control, chaos realms. They're going to go to the extreme, and the Democrats are going to the extreme, even though they have a fifty-fifty split in the Senate. The country is divided by a microscopic portion of a percentage. They're just running the table like they got a 90% uh, mandate, and it's ruining the economy. So let's see if we have divided government in in the election. That would help calm the economy down, in my opinion. You're not the first person to say that. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, uh, Dr. Matt Will, M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, on the Twitter box. Check him out there. I appreciate taking the time to be with us. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Now, there's obviously going to be a lot of talk about this inflation. You can't blame anybody. But so much of the talk is about the reaction. You need to hear how the Obama administration, not the Obama administration, oh, oh, come on. That is world-class Freudian right there. I didn't mean that at all. Oh, oh, what will my psychiatrist think? I, I don't go to a psychiatrist, but maybe I should. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Oh, gosh. That was great. That was world-class Freudian slip. Of course, the Biden administration is Obama part three. <laughs> Who's kidding who? Just look at everybody who's associated with it. The Biden administration lying through their teeth. I'll get into some of it, but this was this was Reuters. This was Reuters news service, and this is just remarkable in the tweet they put out with the article Reuters said that inflation unexpectedly 
unexpectedly went up. And you're like, what are you what are you talking about? U.S. consumer prices unexpected, unexpectedly rose in August, and underlying inflation accelerated amid rising costs for rents and health care, giving the Federal Reserve ammunition to deliver a third three-quarters of a point basis point increase, interest rate increase, uh, next Wednesday. They didn't need anything. Inflation could have gone down. They still would do it. Unexpectedly rose? Where, where the hell is Reuters? They don't buy food. They don't pay rent. They don't have utility increases. What unexpectedly? Well, you know what that means. It's Trump's fault. I mean, it was supposed to go down and went up. Clearly, clearly Trump did something. Ooh, that Trump. I oughta. Unexpectedly. And that's only part of the spin. Wait till you hear about what the White House is doing today. Holy cow. Find everything at TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today.